First week we had our home improvement series, we talked about foundations. We talked about the very first commandment, that there is only one God. The second week we talked about framework. We talked about honor and forgiveness. And I used the passage, honor your father and your mother. Last week I talked about relationships and adultery. Spiritual adultery, physical adultery, emotional adultery. How relationships are kind of like the roof. Today we're going to finish up our home improvement series and I'm going to talk about the landscape or the yard. It used to drive me crazy when people would call it the lawn. I guess we never had enough grass in my yard when I was coming up to call it a lawn. We just called it the yard. How many of y'all called it the yard? Thank you to all of the other rednecks in here with me. I was a kid, and I remember sometimes my job was to cut the grass. And I hated weed eating. So I would take that push mower, and I'd get it as close to the fence as I could. And I would just, just as hard as I could push it, I'd try to push the fence out a little bit into the neighbor's yard. That way I could try to cut it so I didn't have to weed eat. I'd look over in the neighbor's yard, and I remember sometimes seeing this truck pull up with this trailer. These guys get out and get all their lawn equipment out and begin to cut the yard. And I ask my mama sometimes, Mama, how come we can't pay anybody to cut the grass? And she said, baby, that's why I had you. You are the lawn boy, yard boy. I remember the first time I was introduced at a very young age to the baddest push mower ever made. It was a bush hog with bicycle tires. It was called a Yazoo lawnmower. How many of you have ever used one of them bad boys? Oh, it didn't matter. Chain link fence. I'd ram that chain link fence. I'm telling you, that thing was awesome. But no matter how much I tried to make my yard look good, the neighbor's yard always looked better. And I was convinced that it was because they had done something special in their yard, and I was a little envious I never thought about being thankful for what I did have. Now, there's a song that was popular not long ago. Well, it's been a while. And it was called Give Thanks. And it just said, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. And I used to hate that song. Because I was like, this song is so dumb. All it's just talking about is give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Who cares? The older I've gotten in life, the more I've realized that song's very true and very neglected. Not the song, but the idea of giving thanks. I never got it until I was older, but now that I'm older, that doesn't mean that I don't struggle with giving thanks, but I try to be more understanding and I try to be more direct in giving thanks. Today we're going to look at the number 10 commandment. Do not covet. Covet means to yearn or to possess something that's not yours. To have something else. God knew the children of Israel would have a difficult time being grateful for what they had. He understood that. 
They got so caught up in having to eat manna that they were willing to trade it to go back to captivity. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the children of Israel? God parted the Red Sea. They left captivity in Exodus. Get out into this place where they absolutely have nothing. And God is letting manna appear. And yet they get tired and complain about having to eat just manna. And then begin to talk about things like, it was better for us back in Egypt. Now, when we hear that story, we're like, how dare y'all complain? God also knew that today we'd have a difficult time being satisfied and grateful for what we had. And so today I want to talk to you about coveting. Exodus chapter 19 has kind of been our foundational verse that we've been using, so I want us to look back at that again. Exodus chapter 19, verse 3. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I lifted you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will faithfully obey my voice and keep my covenant... Then you shall be my special possession out of all the nations, for all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. For the last three weeks, I've pointed out to you that that's an if-then statement. The other night at small group, I heard somebody say, if you do that, then they'll do this. And I was like, hey, they're catching on, if-then. This is what Moses is doing. He's telling them, if you're faithful, if you hear my voice, if you keep my commandment, then I'm going to bless you. Now let's look at the 10th commandment with this being our our foundation and see where we're going to dig in today. Here's what it says, the last commandment, chapter 20, verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or his maidservant or his ox or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. What is God saying to Israel, and what is God saying to us? By the way, I hadn't said this already, but if you have your app, uh, then you can get uh, the notes from today uh, on the app. If you don't have the app, uh, if you just go to the app store, search church app, A-P-P, and then a dash, and then T-I-T-H-E-L-Y, church app, tithely, and then you'll be able to choose the assembly, and you'll see that. What's God saying? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet his manservant. Don't covet his maidservant. Don't covet his ox or his donkey. Pay attention to the last thing he says. Don't covet anything that is your Neighbors, how many of you say, how many of you can say with me, don't covet anything that is your neighbor's? Oh, 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 that's terrible. We're going to have to have better participation. I want you to look at somebody and say, don't covet anything that is your neighbor's. Why is God so direct? Because it's hard. Being satisfied is not easy. How many of you have ever watched a movie or a TV show and, and kind of wanted to, 
to be at, at that particular place. For example, how many of you ever watched the TV show or the movie? And by the way, whenever I ask this, if you're going to be the kind of person that says, oh, he watched that? The answer is yes, I've watched it if I'm asking. And if you judge me, I'll come look at your DVDs and I probably can do the same thing about you. So here we go. How many of you have ever watched the movie Tombstone? How many of you have ever wanted to just say, I'm your Huckleberry? Ooh. How many of you ever watched Back to the Future? How many of you ever would love to travel in time? Like when you watch that, you're like, before you know it, you're thinking about it. Now, how many of you ever, and I've asked this before, and I'm telling you, I'm getting butterflies thinking about it right now. How many of you have ever stood up after watching The Karate Kid? And I got up about that, that high. See, I used to watch movies and I'd love it. I always said I'd love to live in the, in the Old West. Man, that'd be so much fun. And I thought about there ain't no air conditioner. And I'd be like, I'd hate it. Some of y'all folks get into these movies that I, I just I have a hard time with. Now, I may absol- y'all may hate me after this, but I, I can't get up into no Avengers. I try. I try, but some of y'all not only get up in it, you want to be. you like, you want to be. And I can sit there and judge you, but before I know it, I'm realizing who I want to be. Like when you watch the movie Rudy and Rudy gets to go in the last play, everybody wants to be Rudy and get to run out on the field. There's certain things you like, certain things you don't like. Hang tight with me, I'm going somewhere, I promise. How many of you wish you had stuff? How many of you wish you had a boat, a four-wheeler, motorhome, or jet ski? That's just my list, by the way, Lindsay, in case you're wondering. How many of you wish you had a better vehicle? How many of you wish you had a better house? How many of you wish you had more gadgets? You see the problem? Sometimes we always want to do something that's not reality. And we so desire to do things that are not reality that we get blurred in our reality and we forget to be thankful for what we do have. Now, you can tell me that there's a difference between wanting something and coveting something. And that's true. But friend, let me tell you something. That want and the covet, it's very easy to switch sides. And if you're not careful, you'll switch sides and you don't even know it. You'll still claim to be on the other team, but you don't switch teams. Many of you know that one of the things that God has, has allowed me to do, and I'm grateful for our church board that, that allows me to do this, is for, for about three weeks out of the year, um, I get to go around the state and I get to promote Light for the Lost. And Light for the Lost helps uh, provide uh, fire Bibles, but it also helps provide curriculum right now. We're working on the largest project we've ever worked on in Mississippi to translate uh, a discipleship series, a seven-year discipleship series that will literally reach somewhere between 14 and 15 million Chichewa-speaking people in Africa. And one of the things they do is they let me rent a truck or rent a vehicle. This year I rented a truck. I rented a 2018 Ford F-150 Lariat. 
And after I had driven it for about 30 seconds, I realized that my broke-down 2011 four-door Dodge, by the way, if anybody wants I'm just kidding, can't have it. I realized real quick, this was so much nicer for several reasons, a couple simple reasons. One, it cranked. Two, it didn't smell. Three, the air conditioner worked. I mean, you know, there's a difference between like a hurricane force wind and just like a a little battery-operated fan breeze. When when you just ain't got nothing, you'll take anything. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I'm like, okay. Started first week that I do Light for the Lost. It's in the north half of the state, so I went and went to Tupelo and went to South Haven and went over to Oakland, Mississippi and come back every day, work in the office, leave about halfway through the day. Second half of the week, I go to the southern part of the state and I usually stay down there and just go from different places. And Lindsay went with me and Lindsay's been, uh, you know, just always saying, hey, you know, we're, what, one day you can, get, you can get something better than what you got, blah, blah, blah. And so while we're riding, I said, Lindsay, I really like this truck. And she goes, well, let's get one. I said, Google what they cost. She looked it up. That was the end of that dream right there. <laughs> when she said like $65,000, $70,000, I thought to myself, God, I'm thankful for my four-door Dodge that don't even crank. I can at least get in it and make little rum-rum sounds, and it don't cost me $70,000. I wanted it until I seen what it cost. See, a lot of times we make a mistake, though. We want something no matter what it costs. And it gets us into a mess. Two things that's going to help you not covet, and I'm just going to run through these real fast. Number one, learn to be content. And number two, learn to be grateful. Contentment. Contentment means to be in a state of happiness or satisfaction. I remember when we first got our Honda Pilot. Lindsay was so happy with it. She was content. But can I just tell you, it was a surprise. We pulled into Columbus Nissan because she just wanted to look and see what they had. We were to- I was totally cool with the forerunner we had. Although it was raggedy, it was better, or I thought it was just fine. We pulled in there, and here comes the salesman out, and My girls are little. Oh, these girls are beautiful. You need this car. This car's got a third row. Then he starts the sales pitch, and Lindsay's sitting there like this. Yes. Yes, Lord. For you know what? I'm moving car seats and moving stuff out and putting it in this new car. and She's happy. Till the other day. Driving by the same parking lot. And she looked over and she seen one of these big old armadas or whatever they are, big. And she tried to, she tried to show her hand then. She said, we really got to start looking at something because Sadie's getting bigger. I said, don't pull Sadie into this. I can still pick that baby up and put her in this car. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But Joe, the air conditioner don't blow hard. I said, well, it blows a little bit. It's okay. I'm a little bit bitter. Why? Mine don't blow at all. Mine don't even crank. It's okay. So we're sitting there, and she said, just pull in. It don't hurt to look. 
I said, all right. I pulled in. You going to get out and look with me? No. I thought, yeah, you got me the first time we pulled in here. <laughs> you ain't getting me this time, sis. She gets out and looks at the window. And then she just looks at me. It's so nice. And I mouthed at her. Get in. <laughs> It's amazing how you can be content with things. I remember when we bought our house. We're so pumped. It's our first house. We bought a house, and and we had this huge issue going into things. Both houses we lived at in Mobile got broke into. Well, one house got broke into, and one a car got broke into. And so Lindsay would never, ever stay by herself, ever. Ever. Did I say ever? And so... I wanted a yard. I mean, I wanted, I wanted somewhere I could just, if I want to run outside and do a Jericho march, I mean, I want to be, have some room. So we found the house, and it was a compromise. It wasn't as much land as I wanted. I wanted a smaller house, more land. She wanted a bigger house and somebody that you'd have to walk sideways to get in between your house and their house. So we found a compromise, and we got a house. Loved it. That lasted till we went into a neighbor's house. Oh, I love what they got in here. Girl, you said this is your dream home that we live in right now. You better walk in there, close your eyes, and pretend you're walking on that ceramic tile that you love. It's so easy to see things we want. But it's so easy to begin to covet those things. Commitment means that you're satisfied. Let me just say this. You've heard people say before you need to stop trying to keep up with the Jones. How many of y'all heard that phrase? Well, let me go ahead and bust your bubble. Friend, if God intended for you to be like the Jones, he'd have made you a Jones. He might have made you a girly. Girlies are either broke or in jail or some of them are rich. Not me. Sometimes we... We live in a world where we're not content with what God's given us. God's promised to take care of your needs, but He's never told you He'd give you your wants. One of the most misused scriptures in all of the Bible is Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. We're good at quoting that last part. He'll give me the desires of my heart. Bless God, I want, this is what I want. My Bible says that, that he will give me the desires of my heart. Hold on, buddy. You can't forget the first part where it says to delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? To delight yourself in the Lord means to be happy, to be joyful, to be content, to be grateful, to be satisfied with him. Sometimes I think that if we'd focus more on him, we'd less focus on the stuff. The desire of your heart is whenever you delight in him. That does not mean just because you see something, you want it. Now, I'm all about praying for stuff, and I'm all about specifically praying for things. Now, I'm not telling you in here that I want you to all just just walk around and, and not be blessed. That has nothing to do with this. This is not prosperity gospel. This is not, you know, I want you to be poor gospel. This is understanding what God's word says and walking in gratefulness and in contentment with whatever you do have. 
I remember whenever I was in school, high school, I wanted to be cool, okay? I, I wanted to be, that was my goal. And so one of the things that I did was I wanted to find the, the best clothes and, and the most name brand stuff. So here's what I would do. I'd go and hit up my grandmother, my granny girly, who happened to have a lot of money, and I'd say, hey, let's go to Dillard's. Now, there's not a Dillard's in Columbus, and I thank God for it because it is my Achilles heel. You have a Belk, which is a close second. How many have ever been into Dillard's? Mm-hmm. When I was in Bible college, Granny messed up and gave me her Dillard's card. How many of you know that I messed up and I got to have, I had to give back her Dillard's card? So I had every color shirt that Ralph Lauren made. Now, I'm not a very stylistic person, but there are some things that I know. And let me just go ahead and say this. I'm well aware of the statement that I made, and I'm well aware of what I got on right now. First time I wore this shirt, Corey Ashford looked at me. He said, I like that shirt, Pastor. looks like somebody took a paint roller and just went straight across. <laughs> but if you know anything about me, you'll know that I am a firm believer that people with my build and my shape don't wear things that go around. We don't wear stripes this way. We wear stripes this way or plaid or solid. Now, that's about all I know about style. Matter of fact, I fought with Lindsay that I matched. I don't think I matched today. Everybody's telling me that I match. I hope that y'all are right, and I hope she didn't just try to pull one on me. Anyway, behind my door in my closet, in, in my closet was a piece of paper, and it had every day of the week, and I would write down what I wore because I never could remember what I wore two or three days before that. And so I would keep a record of it because I didn't want anybody to make fun of me and say, oh, he... He thinks he's something. He's got three polo shirts. I was proud that I had like 20 different colors, and I wanted everybody to know. So I had them all named, and if the colors looked alike, then in the back of the tag, I wrote what the color was. I was so caught up with trying to make sure that I looked good. You know why? Because I knew if friends come to my house, that they would really know that we didn't have money. And so I tried to, to make up for that. And I tried to be the cool kid that wore the polo shirts and that wore the nice stuff. But I was also the kid that came in my house and we had windy units running because the central air and heat wasn't working. I was the kind of kid you come in my house and we had a gas stove and there wasn't a knob. You had to use pliers to get it to turn on. And I knew that if I could portray myself to my friends without them seeing who I really was or how life really was for me, then maybe they would like me. And before you know it, I found myself wanting to be like them instead of being thankful for who God had made me. 39 years old, this year I turned 40. And I can tell you this, that when I look back on my life, I look at how foolish I was for trying to be someone else and not being grateful for who I was. Because being someone else never taught me anything, but being grateful for who I was and for what God had given me has taught me everything. It's taught me how to, to seize the day and to love the life that God's given me and to love the people that God's put around me. Contentment is one thing. Gratefulness is another. Grateful means feeling or showing an appreciation or kindness. Let me ask you this. How many of us are truly grateful for what we have? You probably woke up this morning in a bed. You probably took a shower that has hot water. You probably got in a car and you turned the key and it cranked and got you here. 
It may not be the nicest house on the block. It may not be the fanciest mattress that money can buy. And it may not be the nicest car that you can drive. But God has provided for your need. He's never, ever promised you He'd give you your wants. Well, how come some people are blessed? Because some people are blessed. First question is, what have you done not to be blessed? If it's not your fault, then you just thank God for what He's done. But maybe some of us have gotten ourselves in a place trying to be like the Jones that we can't can't dig out. Are you grateful with the things that you have? Let me say this. If you're more concerned about what you want, instead of being grateful for what you have, then you need to check your priorities. I'm going to say that for you one more time. If you're more concerned about what you want, instead of being grateful for what you have, you need to check your priorities. Want is your enemy. W-A-N-T. Want is your enemy. The Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It never says that money is evil. Money is not evil. It's the love of money that is evil. And the love of money is the want of money. Now, hear me. I'm not telling you that you should not want to raise or you should not want to improve. I think God wants to bless you. I believe that. I say it every time I speak a blessing over you when I bless the offering. I believe that God wants to bless you so you can impact the kingdom. But friend, let me tell you something. God may have blessed you in a way to impact the kingdom that never comes in the form of cash, check, or credit card. Sometimes God has blessed you with things that you're able to do, ways that you're able to serve, things that you're able to to, to do and to, to give back. God wants to bless you, and God is going to bless you. But you've got to make sure that you've got the priorities in line and that you give thanks for what He has done. And if He never does anything else, that you're content and you're grateful. But if he does do something else, then you just be content and grateful for whatever that is. Worship team's going to come and they're going to close us out and we're going to sing before we're dismissed. Whenever I first was beginning to work on on these messages and in this series, when the Lord dropped this in my heart, just like I talked about last week, I never in 15 years have preached on adultery and I've never in 15 years preached on this. I've never preached on coveting. And I think the reason that I never preached on coveting is because I've had an issue with it. And usually the things that we have an issue with, we don't like to talk about. When I started college, I remember going to the University of South Alabama and I remember all these signs. Free t-shirt, sign up for this credit card. Free subway, sign up for the subway credit card. Free this, sign up for this. I literally, my freshman year in college, had 10 to 12 different credit cards. I didn't have a lot of credit, so it wasn't a huge credit limit. But I wanted to be cool, so I had a credit card. All my friends, hey, y'all, come on, let's go eat chicken wings, I'm paying. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this ain't my money, somebody else's money, it's all right. Swipe. 
I remember, I specifically remember, and the reason that I say Subway is not because I like Subway. I really don't like Subway, but I remember this Subway. You get a free Subway gift card, and it had a $300 credit limit. And I should have learned my lesson the first time, but I didn't because this was my first ever credit card. And I took that $300 credit card, and within about a week, I had taken people out to eat, trying to be cool. I bought beer and all that other fun stuff. And that $300 credit card was maxed out. And I remember, uh uh-oh, I'm in college, and I don't have a J-O-B. And they want money for this. And a $300 credit card turned into a $2,000 credit card. Late fee, charge off. And before I knew it, I'm getting ready to go to Bible college. I've been saved, but here's this baggage that's dragging in behind me because I wanted to live like everybody else. And I was not thankful for what I had. I tell you that because there's probably other people in this room that you share that story, but I also tell you that to tell you this. That does not mean that I still don't fight those same temptations. Ooh, I want that. We can just go get that on credit. Ooh, I want that. Instead of just realizing, what about what I need? Because if I take care of my needs and God gives me excess, then I can give more to the kingdom. I can bless people. And maybe I can get something I want. I'm not telling you you can't get anything you want. If you're faithful and you're a good steward and you do right with your money and you do right with your finances, then you are totally, I I tell people all the time, if you take care of God, you take care of yourself, you don't owe people nothing, and you've got surplus, you, you, you have fun money. I'm fine with that. But don't put the fun money in front, of the, in front of the priority money because if you do, you'll make a mess. And those messes ain't easy to, deal, to dig out of. Now, let me tell you this. It's not just money that you can covet. I remember dealing with one particular family that had a problem. And the problem is this one lady was very, very, very bitter to this other lady. She was mean to her. And I remember whenever we got finding out what was going on and, and we we're kind of talking through and, and we asked the lady, what's, what's going on? Why are you so upset? And she was very transparent. She said, I'm mad because my husband won't come to church with me the way her husband comes to church with her. I never thought about that, never thought that might be a big deal. But it was a big deal. And this lady was coveting. She was envious because something wasn't taking place. In her life, the way that it was in someone else's life, instead of focusing on how can I fix this, how can I pray this through, how can I, how can I talk to my husband, how can I help, help find him friends, how can I do this, she was bitter at someone else. Or maybe you don't have the best yard in the neighborhood. We don't have the best bushes in the neighborhood at my house. Lindsay tells me all the time, Jody Gurley, you better call somebody about them bushes. I ain't studying in bushes. She said, I'm telling you right now, 
This place looks a wreck, and you better call somebody. Why are you so worried about them bushes? She said, because we live on the corner of the road, and you the preacher, and people know where you live. I said, then if they think it's bad, let them come cut the bushes. She said, you represent us. Don't you care? And I can't tell you, Bear sitting over there, I can't tell you how many times I get compared to Bear. Bear's out there cleaning his stuff. Bear's out there. Bear's also out there in a long sleeve shirt and a long hat sweating, and I ain't doing that. That stuff will grow up over the roof. In the fall, I'll think about it. But that's a shame on me, because why would I not take care of what God's given me? I got to be better. This entire series on home improvement, I've had one goal, and that goal is this, to end every service being transparent with you about my hiccups so you can understand it's okay to have yours. You don't have to stand up in front of a couple hundred people and tell them about your problems, but if I have the guts to do it, I hope it'll make you be able to deal personally with yours where you are. And so we're going to close service today, and we're going to sing... There's no other name. That is correct, right? When Jesus is everything, you'll have no need for anything. And when he is all you want, you'll always have all you need. I don't know what you have today, and I don't know what you don't have. But at the end of the day, if you don't have him... I don't care how big your house is, how nice your car is. You're missing the most important element. If you're in here today and you drive a clunker that you have to push, if it's a standard, and jump it off with the clutch. But you spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords every morning. And before your head hits the pillow, you whisper, Jesus, I love you. You may not be driving the nicest car, but friend, you've got more than the one who does has. It's all about being content and being grateful. How do you not covet? You realize that what God has given you, He's not made a mistake. He's not done you wrong. There is a reason behind everything God does. And for whatever reason, He's allowed you to have what you have or not have what you don't have. There's a reason. And as he increases, there's a reason because he wants you to be able to increase. But everything God does wants to bring glory to him and to his kingdom. It's not to make you happy and luxurious. It's not to make you the envy of somebody else. It's for you to impact the kingdom and advance the kingdom. I firmly believe in that. How do you not covet? You become grateful and content. I want you to stand with me across the room, and here's how we're going to close service today. We're going to sing this song. And we're going to worship God. But before we do that, I want to ask you this question. Maybe you're in here and maybe, you, uh, maybe you're at a place where you say, you know what, preacher, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, probably, got some, I probably got some issues I need to deal with. I probably got a, some coveting, some want that's probably gone wrong. Today, why don't you do this? Why don't you, as we sing this song, there's no other name. Why don't you just say, God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me from being covetous? And God, would you let me realize that you're for me and you're all I need?
And Lord, if you choose to bless me, then you'll choose to bless me. Friend, let me tell you this. If you're a tither, he cannot help but bless you. If you tithe, biblically tithe, he cannot help but bless you. We sang a while ago, all of your promises are yes and amen. Well, here's one of his promises. If you will tithe, he said, see if I will not bless you, open the windows of heaven and pour out on you something you can't even contain. Now, you, you tithing don't mean you're playing the lottery and you're putting it in expecting something out. You give to God not expecting anything back. That's obedience. But God blesses your obedience. That's his faithfulness. That's his goodness. Be grateful and be content. Maybe you're in here and maybe you're away from God. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Him. Friend, God loves you. He loves you right where you are. He wants a relationship with you. And in just a moment when they sing, there's no other name. There is no other name. You can have money or you can be broke. But the only, the only name in heaven On earth, under the earth, which man will be saved is the name of Jesus. And if you have the name of Jesus, you have all you'll ever need. He's your best friend all the time, and he's your only friend sometimes. Be grateful for what you have. Be content with what you have. And realize that he is all you need. Amen. Father, I thank you for today. And Lord, as we enter into a time of worship, I pray, God, that you bless this house. I pray, God, that you would help us not be contentious, but, God, that you would, are covetous, God, but you would help us be contentious with what we have. Help us, God, be grateful for what you've done. Lord, we love you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.